You are listening to Present Truth Ministries Radio, telling the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Welcome to PTM Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. May the Lord richly bless you. I want to go into uh, part three, Is the Trinity False? So it's a controversial subject, to say the very least. But I want to get right into it. Um, Just just asking everybody, would you remember us in prayer? Um, I'll be traveling to the Middle East in uh, about three weeks for a missions trip. And I'll be there for uh, two weeks. looks like it'll probably be, Lord willing, uh, July 7th through 21st. So I'll request your prayers. Stand with us in that way, please. would appreciate it very much. So I want to focus on uh, this time uh, starting out by talking about the terminology uh, within the Trinity, which is three persons in one essence. You know, I'm not sure why or or when this happened, but at some point in time we had to start defining God without using biblical terminology. And and I I don't like that. I don't agree with it. We we really need to go by a, a biblical understanding. You know, we can use the terminology from the Bible to explain who God is. We don't need uh, a philosophy degree, a theological degree to explain God. God is known as he reveals himself to us through his word. And as he reveals his, himself through his people, it's it's not something that we need a uh, some kind of degree. God deals with the simplest of hearts to reveal himself. So let's look at this. Three persons in one essence this comes from the Greek terminology, three hypostases in one usia. So, three in one. We believe in, in three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one God. Absolutely true. But when you start using the term person, first of all, uh, the term person is a translation from the Greek term Persona- uh, from not personality, it's a translation from the Greek word hypostasis or hypostasis, depending on how you want to pronounce that. And that was translated from Greek to Latin, uh, so persona, and then from Latin to English, person. So I want to read through the definition of person in Webster's Dictionary. Human, individual, Sometimes used in combination, especially by those who prefer to avoid man in compounds applicable to both sexes. Now, we won't. That's uh, some (laughs) political correctness coming through there. But let's just say a human, individual, uh, a character or part in or as if in a play. Uh, Another definition. One of the three modes of being in a Trinitarian Godhead as understood by Christians. And the unitary unitary personality of Christ that unites the divine and human natures. All right, we won't get into that. That's what we're talking about now. Four, uh, bodily appearance. 
the body of a human being. Uh, f five, the personality of a human being. One, that is recognized by law as the subject of rights and duties. And seven, uh, reference of a segment of discourse to the speaker, the one spoken to or to, to one spoken of as indicated by me means of certain pronouns or in many languages by verb inflection. Uh, personhood or in person in one's bodily presence. So, <laughs> the the, if you read this, the terminology is not the greatest when we describe God because uh, it refers to a bodily presence, it refers to a character in a play, it refers to human, individual. We could say it this way, uh, in one sense, God is one person, that is, he is revealed totally, perfectly through the, the man, Christ Jesus. He is the the only person of the Godhead, as Brother Branham says. So there's no other person of the Godhead. He is the visible person of the invisible God. But really looking at person, this is a mask, and God himself is a spirit. He has no shape or form. He's invisible. He covers all space and time. But he takes on different masks you know, he took on the form of a burning bush, the pillar of fire there, the pillar of cloud. He, he took on the form and became Jesus Christ. He, he took the form of the Holy Spirit, which is the, his own uh, eternal spirit working through the body of Christ. So these different ways, these different masks that God has put on through history, uh, but they're not really persons as in, you know, when we're describing myself, my wife, and my friend, uh, those are three distinct individual humans. And um, to put it that way, to describe God that way, would be to describe three gods. That would be absolutely pagan. <coughs> Excuse me. That would be what we refer to as polytheism. It's a big word. <laughs> worshiping more than one god. Worshiping three gods. So if we look back at the Greek terminology, let's bef before we do that, let's take a break. Thank you for listening to PTM Radio. We'll be right back. Would you commit to praying for a PTM missionary working in the Middle East today? You can become a... PTM Missionary Prayer Sponsor by going to our website, presenttruthmn.com slash missionary dash prayer dash sponsor. Go there and sign up today. You can stand with your brothers who are standing for the message that God sent to us through the ministry of Brother Branham in the Middle East they are serving on the front lines in the Middle East, facing many difficulties. We consider it the final frontier where the message must go before God turns back to dealing with the Jewish people. And these faithful workers for God are active in church planting, evangelism, Bible and message books distribution, and pastoring. Their ministries vary, but they all face the same risk of persecution and suffering. They ask for your prayers. So go to our website, 
presenttruthmn.com and go under missionary updates and you'll see missionary prayer sponsors and sign up to be a prayer sponsor today. We will send you a magnet that you can place on your refrigerator and it will remind you every day to pray for a missionary, very specific missionary in the Middle East. It'll have their name, their ministry, a little bit of their testimony, and three specific prayer points that you can lift up to God on a daily basis. We thank you so much, and may God richly bless you. Welcome back to PTM Radio. Remember, you can find us on the web at ptmradio.com. If you have any questions, you can call us at 612-296-6846, or you can email us at info at ptmradio.com. So we're talking about the Greek terminology, uh, three hypostases. This term means um, three uh, foundational essences of being. So uh, three foundations. Um, it's really a way of saying three distinct aspects of God. There's another terminology that's used here is three modes of being in the Trinitarian Godhead. So I want to take a minute to define that mode. means a manner, a way or manner in which something occurs or is experienced, expressed, or done. Manner, way, synonyms are manner, way, fashion, means, method, system, style, approach, technique, procedure, process, practice. Um, so I want to key in on one word there. A way or manner in which something is expressed. So Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are three different ways God is expressed. God is one. God is one person. But he expresses himself in three different modes of being. God is one person, three modes of being, three attributes, three ways that he is expressed and revealed to mankind. So this is more accurate. To say God is three persons in the full psychological sense of a person, we're talking about three gods. That's false doctrine. That's paganism. We, Christians should reject that idea. So we come to the message, and Brother Branham says to us, the Trinity is a false doctrine. So what does he mean by that? Because in other places he uses the term the triunity of God. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one God revealed in three different ways throughout history and in time, three different attributes of God. Um, and he says the Jesus-only concept is false as well. God's not one like your finger is one. He reveals himself in different ways. Revealed himself as a pillar of fire leading the children of Israel. He revealed himself as through Melchizedek. He revealed himself through the uh, prophet that met uh, Abraham under the oaks of Mamre. He revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. He revealed himself through the body of Christ in the form of the Holy Spirit. So God reveals himself in many different ways throughout history. So the primary way is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the Father of Jesus Christ. He is the Father of the Bride of Christ, the, the elected 
uh, children of God. He is the Son of God. He's revealed through the Son. So Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. And he's, he is a, God is a spirit, so he's revealed through the Holy Spirit. These are three different ways that God issues forth from eternity and reveals himself to mankind. All the time, he stays separate and distinct from his creation. So what does that mean? It means that God is outside of time. He covers all space and time. He sees everything. He knows everything. He can do everything. And therefore, he is apart from his creation. And yet, he limits himself and reveals himself within his creation. So to say that God is three persons, as in three distinct and separate, you know, one person is here, another person is here, another person is here, and they have fellowship and relationship to each other. The Father has a relationship with the Son, the Son has a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has a relationship with Father and Son, etc. To present it that way is to say there's three personalities in the Godhead, and that Therefore, there's three gods. It's polytheism. It's false doctrine. So how is it that God is distinct? We want to talk about that. We want to, we want to go through that. So let's take a quick break. Thank you for listening to PTM Radio. We'll be right back. Messagehub.info is a website that is gathering all the sermons of Brother Branham, both in English and that have been translated into languages around the world. I'm looking at the website right now and I can see that there's sermons in Arabic, Armenian, Farsi, Spanish, Italian, Indonesian, Afrikaans, Polish, Russian, Hindi, Greek, all these languages that the message has been translated to. So you can go and you can get access to those. If you meet someone who speaks Arabic, you can go in and pull up the Arabic and you can look and see that there are four sermons there. There's the invisible union of the bride of Christ, and Christ is the mystery of God revealed, and a tract, churches that conquer the laity, as well as a resume of the ages. So this is a wonderful uh, website and a wonderful resource that you can use in order to spread the message of Malachi 4. Welcome back to PTM Radio. Thank you for listening. Let's continue on here. So how is God distinct? So God is a spirit. We talked about that. He is He is one spirit. He's not three spirits. He's not two spirits. He's one spirit. He is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. Oh, God says in um, through Moses, or he speaks to Moses that, uh, when he came, he spoke, he was, a, he was a voice, but he was no shape or similitude. In John 1.18, it says, No man has seen God at any time. Uh, Colossians 1.15, we find out that God is an invisible God. He's immortal, means he can't be killed. He's eternal, means he had no beginning and no ending. He's invisible. He cannot be seen. He's a spirit. He he's, covers all space and time. Uh, Paul makes this statement. In him we live and move and have our being. So the whole creation, the whole universe is literally 
inside of God. God is bigger and greater than the universe. He is outside of time. He's beyond our space and time continuum, so to speak. So God, I mean, it, it would be like saying that I went and created a, um, I went and created an avatar in the, the digital universe. Now, I exist separate and distinct from the digital universe, and yet the way I'm expressed is within, as, a, as an avatar or as a Facebook profile, in that um, digital universe. I'm separate and distinct. My existence isn't dependent on the digital universe, yet I'm revealed in the digital universe by my Facebook profile. So God is, I mean, it's, it's not a perfect example. All, all examples, explanations fall short when it comes to showing forth who God is really. But it's a, it's a good example, uh, the best is one of the best that we can get of God. God exists separate and distinct from this uh, space-time continuum. He's in eternity. He dwells. He's the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity as Isaiah wrote. So God ex exists apart from that, and yet God chose to limit himself by that. We find in Proverbs 8, it speaks of the wisdom of God, and it says, uh, I was brought forth in the beginning. So the wisdom of God, or the, we could say the logos, John 1 and 1, the word came forth from God in the beginning. And it says, Yahweh or Jehovah possessed me in the beginning of his ways. So, in other words, God brought forth his word, his wisdom from himself, and he put himself in that wisdom so that he could speak forth his creation. And so his creation, particularly those made in his image and likeness, could relate back to him. So he made man in his image and likeness and in order to fellowship with him. And so God uh, brought this word forth from himself. It means the word was eternally in God, or we could say in the mind of God, and then God uh, burst it forth, brought it forth from his own being and put him his own life and presence in that word in order to relate to his creation. So in that way, God is two, we can say. Now, it's not two gods, it's not two persons, but it's God limiting himself by his word and revealing himself to his creation. God remains a spirit. God is a spirit. God is uh, uh, distinct from this manifestation, and yet that manifestation is him. So the manifestation isn't him, and yet it is him, because the way he is expressed is through that manifestation. Thousands of, several thousand, four thousand years later, uh, after he made Adam and Eve, we have God bringing forth from his own being, from his own word, a son, the son of God. As the Bible calls him, the only begotten son of God, uh, or the uniquely one-of-a-kind begotten son, which was born of a virgin. Now I want to emphasize a point here uh, before we move on, and that is that the virgin birth, 
Some people look at it and say, Jesus took the egg of Mary and God created a sperm and may infuse together. If that was the case, the way we understand genetics today and DNA today, Jesus would have been a fallen creature. So he, he didn't take Mary's genetics. God used her womb, but the Bible says in the book of Acts, I believe it's chapter 20, that we are saved by the blood of God. And so God created those cells, those beginning cells, and the body of Jesus began to grow and grow. So that blood circulatory system of a baby, we understand it, it has its own unique circulatory system. It doesn't take the blood of its mother the way God designed uh, the placenta and the, um, uh, the uterus. And I'm looking for another word. The cord, the umbilical cord. There we go. The way he designed the umbilical cord and the placenta, the nutrients come through the blood into the placenta, and then those nutrients are transferred into the blood of the baby and through the umbilical cord and into the body of the baby. So the, the, the blood of the mother literally does not combine with the blood of the baby. It stays separate and distinct. It's just the nutrients that go through. It's just a absolutely miraculous process that God made in the placenta. Some people even call the placenta the tree of life. There's just, there's so many vessels and capillaries and, well, I don't know all the terminology that goes into it, but the blood system of Jesus was totally distinct from Mary. He was not tainted by sin at all. He was totally perfect, holy, blood of God, the DNA, literally the DNA of God. So God took his life, brought forth from his own eternal being, took a part of that life and, and created that human DNA so that baby that was born would literally be his own image. In Hebrews 1, 2, and 3, it says that uh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the express image or the exact imprint of God's substance. So God's life, God's essence, is exactly and perfectly expressed in his son, Jesus Christ. And so when he went through his life, when he got older, he lived and walked as a man. He grew in wisdom and understanding. That was his beginning there in the womb of a virgin. It says... Uh, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. So Jesus is the Son of God based upon the supernatural birth and beginning process that he had directly from God. And we notice there it was the Holy Spirit, which is God himself, that fathered the child. So actually the father of Jesus Christ as the Spirit of God. Not another person of God, not a third person, but God himself, who is a spirit. So, this baby come forth, begin to grow in wisdom and in favor with God and with men. So he was going, he was perfect, he was sinless, he never sinned, but he grew in maturity to bring him to the place where he was ready for his ministry and ready to be offered 
as a sacrifice. And when he did, he went to the water. Until that time, the Spirit of God did not dwell in him. He lived and grew up as a, a man, a perfect man, a sinless man. And then the Spirit of God, the fullness of the Godhead, came down and dwelt bodily in Jesus Christ, his Son. So that when you were seeing that man, you were seeing the Father. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. That's John 10, 30. And in John 14, he says to Philip, Philip says, uh, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. Jesus says, have I been so long time with you, Philip, and you don't know me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. For it's not me that does the works, it's my Father that dwells in me, does the works. So the Father came down and lived in his only begotten Son. Now that he went to the cross, he, he shed his blood, he died for us at Calvary, but then he was resurrected and he ascended up on high and he sent us the Holy Spirit. So through his mediatorial work, he sent the Holy Spirit. Now God takes the shape in the form of the body of Christ and reveals himself through the body of Christ to the world. And so he, he, he was in the pillar of fire in the Old Testament and he came down in the form of the pillar of fire and a dove uh, at the baptism of Jesus Christ and entered into Jesus Christ and revealed himself through Jesus Christ. And then on the day of Pentecost, that same pillar of fire came down through the mediatorial work of Jesus Christ and entered in to the believers and reveals himself through the believers. It's the same God all the time. Three different masks. The word persona in Latin means a mask that an actor would take upon, or three different modes of being. God above us in the pillar of fire. God with us in Jesus Christ. God in us in the body, the bride of Christ. Amen such a beautiful truth so we want to continue on in, in future weeks but for now if you have any questions for us please contact us at info at ptmradio.com or you can find us on the web and email us there at ptmradio.com may god richly bless you <laughs>